One, two, ten. Welcome to the Claim the Throne Blodgecast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2014. Who is it? Testing, testing. Uh, Cold Chamber, Desfafara, and Phil Jamison kissing at the beach. Who is it? Oh, it's uh, Claim the Throne here. I'm Cabba. And I am Ash. You're listening to the Blodgecast. Thanks again for tuning in. Hopefully today's intro won't be as horribly vulgar as it was last week. What should we start with? So, uh, yeah, Cabba, you played at Fintroll last night in Perth. I did, and I'm... Fucking exhausted today, if I can say just quietly. That was with uh, my other crew, Red Descending, www.reddescending.com, slash Desfafara, Neil, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Um, Yeah, Fintroll played in Perth. Fintroll, the folk meddlers from Finland, Rot and Troll. And they were on their Auss- Aussie tour. Yeah, supports were Red Descending and Wrath of Fenrir. I had a hell good night. How about you? Because I saw you there drunk, drunk as a skunk. I had a ripper night. I was editing drums just before I really decided that I was coming down and didn't think I was leaving the house. I started drinking a few of these. Cooper's Stouts. Yeah, by the time I rocked up there, I was well and truly Neil. <laughs> yeah. Real life Neil. Neil Large. Um, yeah, no, that was awesome, man. I actually reckon Fintroll were even better than last time they're here, which claimed the throne tool with them last time nationwide, which was real good. But they were just particularly awesome last night, I think. Yeah. Held good vibe around the place, considering it was a Sunday night. Two things that were different. One, it was in a slightly smaller venue, which packed out a little bit uh, better, and the vibe was pretty cool. And the other thing was, man, that last control show, we just got off the plane. Got off plane, got to venue. So we're pretty <laughs> knackered after the whole tour. So this time it was good to not have that. Get off plane, get the derbs. I was also going to say, oh, I can't even remember anymore. I'm just really tired because um, I got to bed, I think it was quarter past two. Oh, yuck. Got up at quarter to six to go to work. And here we are, 10 hours later. Yada, yada, yada. You're really tired today. Yada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, just the life of being a rock star. I don't know. Nice cup of tea. Or is that coffee? Uh, yeah, it's it's only it's black tea, and I'm yeah, I'm sure I'll like it anyway. I'll just let it cool down, otherwise I'll burn my butt. Any sugar or no? <coughs> no way. Sugar's for suckers. <clears throat> Agreed. I think you're onto a winner right there. And if you hold on to the cup, your hands will get warm in this cold times, that's, man. That's true. These dreary brooding days. Climbing the thorn, gidge and gidge. Okay. Uh, next up on the climbing the thorn, gidge, we have the fourth of July, bar one twenty, the first night of distortion. Monthly metal night at Bar 120. Hillary's in Perth, WA, north of the river. Get down and support it. Doors from nine, $10 entry, free beer and cheap drinks all night. Uh, well, not free beer all night, but you do get a free beer with your $10 entry. Seems crazy, huh? Sounds really good. Almost too good to be true. Probably come out of our show payment. Claim the Throne, the Arcadian, uh, Losing Grip and Bounty Hunter, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Four bands. It's going to be good. And the next day... Bit further down south in Bunbury at the Elliott Street Bar, Sidonia, Tempest Rising, Claim the Throne, Medusa's Gaze and Tears for Atlantis. It's going to be also good. So, crazy weekend. 4th and 5th of July, if you're in Perth, keep those dates free and have a party with us. What else blows at Horizons? Um, nothing else confirmed at the moment, but keep your ears peeled on this podgy and you'll hear all sorts of news before it hits the earth. And speaking of that... It's time for crabs. Oh, should I put in the music? I think. The Australian coast is about to be invaded. It's time for crabs, naked and vulnerable, on a mission. Nipping, nipping. Test nips. Um, what I was going to talk about today was um, a bit of gidge-related stuff, 
And normally I'd be completely against this, which is talking about gigs or tours before they're confirmed publicly anyway. But but the idea was just to talk about the challenges in booking an international tour for your own band independently, which we're currently trying to do. So I hate people that sort of drop hints at their gigs coming up like, we have massive news coming for you this week, big tour, and then it doesn't happen and then they just look like retards for not actually having any news. Um, And we've done it before where you sort of say, we might be doing this or we might be doing that and then it doesn't happen, so you get your hopes up. So that's not what I'm trying to do here. Man, it's pretty much a live discussion of what we're attempting to do as an independent band, which is fair game because if it falls through, then it shows you that the experiment goes that way that what we've done hasn't quite pulled off whereas if it does then you see how it happens rather than us usually we do things retrospectively oh we did this trip here this is how we did it but there's no stakes in this one because it's in america it's not like our australian followers are really gonna be like you just dropped the bomb largey oh shit (laughs) that's all right because that's what we're doing today talking about america should i edit that out no way it's funny okay cool. keep that bit in too and this bit cold chamber bit of uh, open communication here amongst friends so yeah and it's, this is not like the first time we've ever tried to do anything like this but just obviously as a band from australia you know always your biggest goals are most of the time to tour overseas into other countries europe or us or whatever it might be um and we've yeah so we've done a few things that we've crossed off the list we've done uk and we've done Indo and we've done New Zealand that's pretty much about it as far as international stuff goes and we've just tried yeah tirelessly to get on tours in Europe and and US and things and just jump on other people's tours but just yeah sometimes you just get a bit over being patient and you just want to attempt doing things yourself so what we've been trying to do thus far is to um, just look at trying to book some shows ourselves so why why we chose the USA and why we're thinking about January in 2015 is because all of our whole band are going to that 70,000 tons of metal cruise as spectators, which is going to be pretty awesome. Leaving from Miami to Jamaica, lots of massive bands to be announced, only a few so far, but Blind Guardian, Gravedigger and Cannibal Corpse is enough to keep me happy already. But so we figured if we're all over there in America, we can firstly play that angle to 70,000 tons and say we're all already there. Can you just give us a gig, guys? which thus far hasn't worked. I think we've just sent emails and don't hear anything back, which is to be expected. But then also it just makes things easier for us. If we've all paid for our flights and things and we're already in America, we may as well try and just score a couple shows. And, you know, even if it's not a huge tour or anything, um, you know, we're already there. might be worthwhile getting a few international shows under our belt. And, yeah, we wouldn't expect them to be anything huge. You know, if we can tag on a few local gigs here and there, that'd be pretty awesome. I just need to get Floyd because he's banging at the door. Floyd's feet. Floyd's feet. Lloyd. Lloyd, yeah. The first time we ever did an East Coast tour of Australia, people really hadn't heard of us. And I'm sure they had through the grapevine here or there, but we were going there expecting similar response to, let's say, our fifth and sixth shows ever in Perth. Like, play with bands that do okay where we're from. And we're, we're talking about, like, Wagga Wagga and Dubbo and these little little places like that that are quite inland and away from the usual tour trails and stuff. So same thing in America. Like we want to go there. We know we'll be a really small fish in a fucking massive pond and an oversaturated pond at that. But hey, play to 30 people 
a night would be pretty amazing if we've never been to the States and we don't have a record out there. And who knows, it might it might come back with some benefit in the same way that our East Coast shows of Australia did did well for us the next time we went back there. So, yeah, it Absolutely all adds no. towards something, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, touring is, is the key to success in, in regards to that. And, you know, people are more keen to check you out if they do know you're an actively touring band and they might get the chance to see you one day. And I think it also will look good when approaching other promoters or labels as well if they see that, you know, you've you've been to America and you've booked your own tour and you're eager to make these things happen and, you know, willing to fork out the money and do whatever to, to get to other places in the world. So, um, yeah, and as well, of course, it'll look good on the resume for you. Say, we've done this, we've done this, etc. Um, but so, I guess step one for something like that, you need to make sure you're ready to do it. So, you wouldn't, you know, be wanting to do it when you first started your band, but, you know, we've been cranking along for eight or nine years now so it's getting to the point where i guess we feel pretty confident with our live show and reckon we could pull it off (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) and so yeah so as long as you're confident with yourselves and and you reckon it's going to be worthwhile and you do have a goal in mind so i mean now our goals is get a few more fans cross another place off our list of where we want to go and um you know, look more favourable to to larger scale promoters in the future. So yeah, it's time for us to to make the, take the plunge and um, yeah, try and do something crazy. So next, what you need to do is think about if um, if you would have some sort of interest over there at all, and what sort of areas. Whilst we would definitely not be some massive band in this big giant pond where if someone did 10 million bombies, it would still be overflowing. We do have some sort of interest and we do get, you know, messages on the internet from people over there and we do sell a decent chunk of merch over there and that sort of thing. So then I started just going back through our, our merch sales um, that we've sold online to America and looking at the cities where we have been selling the most and then sort of focusing on those areas even to start with to see you know, what might be the most beneficial and, you know, and then you've already got the email addresses of the people that have purchased stuff from you before. So you can hit them up maybe once the tour is announced and say, we're coming, tell your friends. So at least you have a few contacts and, you know, you might at least get 20 payers or something to a gig, which would, I guess, make it worthwhile in our regard. But yeah, then, so what I did from there was narrow it down to um, hitting up the West, no, the East Coast because of the areas of um, like New York and Massachusetts and stuff, um, but also because it's pretty close to um, some areas in Canada where we seem to be selling a lot of stuff, um, Montreal and Toronto, so hopefully we could sort of wing in some crazy trip like that. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, you still need to sort of try and put together some sort of rough proposed dates and look on Google Maps a lot to see what direction you should be driving. If that's what you choose to do, I'm sure we'd just get an RV or something and sort of travel around that way. Yeah, so for example, if you started in New York, you'd want to look at the next closest place, which might be Boston or something like that, and then the next closest place you might sort of go up a bit north and then go around to Toronto and back down to yeah, wherever else is around there and, and swing your way back in, do sort of a loop. So once you've got some cities that you're interested in like that, yeah, it's time to do, take some time and do a little bit of research and uh, find out what areas appear to be good for metal. Look up, um, you know, what other bands are, are playing, what other bands have toured there. Look up, you know, just search for other bands' tour posters that you think might be of a similar size to your band. Um, 
you narrow it down to some venues and then just start looking on the, the venues website seeing what things might be appropriate for you and then there are a cool few resources um for metal traveling one's called the metal travel guide which i've been looking at heaps it's pretty awesome i've used that before when i'm um, even just going to europe as a traveler and looking for metal bars and places to go it's awesome um a few reviews and things on there and gives you um yeah another direction to start researching and the other resource which i've stumbled across uh i think it's called metal local and it's a north american based thing on facebook and they've got a local metal page for every state in the usa um so for example if you were looking at new york you'd go to new york local metal page and they're pretty cranking they've got listings of all the local bands in that state all of the venues all of the promoters and all that sort of stuff so you've got your whole database of of contacts and things you might need there but then being a facebook page it's also got the feed of things that are happening so you see all sorts of tour posters um, and event pages and then you can sort of just stumble across other people's event pages see what sort of turnouts they're getting or yeah just just that sort of thing and um you're reverse engineering the tour basically broad strokes where do we want to go what dates make sense and then what venues are popular and you just sort of like it's almost like you've got a checklist there and all you're doing is just like totally narrowing down to pinpoint each thing and refine it and then turn it into the semblance of of, of a plan, right? For sure. I think, yeah, to start with, you just have this really broad proposal sort of idea as a rough guide. Um, and then you just sort of get familiar with the country a bit or maybe and their scene. And then you're really narrowing it down um, and then say, well, I've got this city on our first proposed list, but it looks like they don't have a lot of gigs there. And it actually looks like there's heaps of local gigs happening in one town over. So let's narrow it down, set up a big Excel spreadsheet, which I like to do. And then you just have all your dates down one column um, and then all your proposed cities in the next one. And then you just start literally compiling a big list of, um, you know, websites or venues or other local bands that you've stumbled across for each of those cities. And then, yeah, just as you're sort of researching, you might cut stuff off or edit things or tack stuff on and and just slowly narrow it down, narrow it down. Um, To be honest, when I did before even doing any of this i did actually contact a couple of um bands from over there that i'm really enjoying at the moment who are pretty young and doing similar styles of music to us um and doing little little mini run tours here and there in america as well and in canada so i just sort of touched base with them to see would you be interested in touring up uh joining up for some sort of little package that we could propose to venues and things and you know they're all like yeah of course that would be really awesome keep us posted and they gave us a whole bunch of contacts that they've dealt with before in various cities. And so that was another reason why certain cities would make the list on the spreadsheet as well, because they'd give us contacts or, you know, recommendations or, and that sort of thing too. And so, yeah, and I, but I think it's important before actually getting in touch with any promoters or venues, you really sort of have your shit together in that you can propose an actual date, an actual package, and just show that you have spent that little bit of time researching their venue rather than just emailing someone and saying you know could we come and tour there they'll say yeah get back to us when you got some details or whatever i think if you've got a a solid proposal um with very specific information then they might take you a bit more seriously yeah and that's a fucking interesting idea cabba because if you just said hey can we tour here 
now, the now, you know, they might go, yep, cool, we got a date for you. It's on the 13th of January or something. And then you say, wicked. And then you talk to the guy in the next town over or something like that. And he goes, yeah, cool, man. We're, how about the 13th of January or something? And you go, oh, can you do it a Friday night? Oh, we, we're not open on the Friday night. We do a DJ. And if you know all those little things, you can plan ahead. And also, you're researching things like distances between towns and is it feasible sure. to move and that's something else you put in your spreadsheet you put the um the amount of time it takes to drive from one city to the next one on your list to the next one on your list so yeah you don't want to start crisscrossing where you're driving back and forth all over the country you want to keep it in a, a bit of an order mm. and, and being tourists and stuff like that it's um you know I, I don't think that it would be possible to do a run well it might be but in my head, I don't see that it would be that possible to do a straight run of, let's say, seven shows in a row. Like, you probably have days off here and there. And so, you know, being in another country and booking it yourself, that's okay because at least you get to see a bit of the country as well, maybe, or hang out in a town an extra day or something like. Yeah. No, there's nothing to lose, really, um, apart from your mind and a bit of money. Yeah. So no, hopefully it'll it'll something will happen with it. But um, that being said, you know if we only manage to get like two shows, then you know we'd pull the pin. But if we can manage to maybe get five, then then it would be a goer. So if anyone's listening out there and you know of any contacts over in the US or venues or local bands that you could suggest to us, or that you could put in a, a good word about us to others, that would be super helpful. Don't hesitate to get in touch. Info at claimthethrone dot com. Um, and then next, where do we get up to? We were just doing a bit of research. Hmm. The other thing I've found pretty awesome is a lot of the venues that I've been researching over there do have specific metal nights where they'll have local metal bands. It might be a Thursday, it might be a Tuesday, whatever, and they have that every week or once a month or whatever. So if you can try and find those sorts of places and those sorts of nights and then mix them into your itinerary... Um, I think that's a clever way to do it as well because you don't want to rock up to a city on a Monday night that no one goes out on a Monday night and it's proven. But on a Tuesday, they all go out in hordes because there's some metal night on. You need to be aware of those sorts of things and Mm. not just rock up in a foreign place and expect to do well. Like our experience on tour with the Scurvy Dogs in (laughs) New Zealand where we played, our first show was in Christchurch on a Wednesday and then they go... Yeah, man, last time we played here, it was jumping. It was on a Thursday night. Like, well, what are we doing playing this Wednesday to 10 people then? And then we went to another place, which is actually their hometown, and that was Dunedin. And let's say that was on the Thursday. And they say, yeah, usually Wednesdays are jumping here. And it's like, well, if we just switch the nights of the towns, you know. Yeah, it would have been good. And I think and it was then- a drive between. It's like we could have actually easily done that. Then the Auckland show was on the night of the World Cup Rugby Grand Final or something. Yeah. So just a, a big dog's breakfast all around. Mm, and not in um, a good way. No, no. So just, yeah, I think all, all those sorts of things just to be to be wary of and, and mm. to, you know, if you've got a spreadsheet with it all set up, then you just have a little comments tab where, you, you know, you hear something's on in one city, then you just put a little note on it and so you can swing it around and, and make it work. That being said, so I've probably made it sound like i know what i'm doing and and all this stuff and p- proven things that work but where's the cheese when you start um actually trying to contact all these places it doesn't always go to plan so i've just found that i, I ha- have got these contacts and names and things of people that are helpful and and they'll reply to me 
and they're all keen and, you know, say, awesome, and then they just sort of drop off the grid and you never hear back from them for weeks and then you send a follow-up and you never hear from them and a follow-up and nothing. Um, so that gets a bit frustrating and the way I was trying to do it was, you know, pick one location at a time, seeing if one thing can get confirmed and then moving on from there because I don't think you want to fire out like 10 different emails to 10 different locations and, you know, some of them might get back to you and say, oh, we can't do that night but we can do this night or recommend going somewhere else. So I think, yeah, if you can pick one place, once that's confirmed or at least, you know, looking good, then you can move on to the next one and make sure your itinerary is sort of on the right track. Um, so, yeah, just waiting for people to get back to you and just, yeah, lots of loose information is pretty discerning, Paul Descurney. And, um, yeah, so you just got to be patient with it and start early, 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 so you don't want to leave it all to the last minute, otherwise it'll just never happen. Um, but that being said as well, I think from what I can gather in the US, they do sort of leave a lot of stuff to the last minute and they don't like confirming bands six months in advance or more, which also makes it pretty tough. Um, but thus far, I have heard back from a few places, have been penciled in, well, temporary bookings, actually only in one place. Another place is, yeah, like a 90%. And then a few others, they just sort of say, oh, I can't do it, but I know someone who can. And then they forward your thing or they give you someone else's email address and it's all sort of lots of lots of circles all over the place. Um, one cool thing, we did put up a Facebook status saying we're interested in getting to USA. Does anyone know any promoters or venues or whatever? And um, one dude from Perth, very nice guy, Chris Rankin, tagged in about a million people that he knows from over in the US who might be able to help out. And a few of those people did get in touch and they were really, really helpful. Um, and one guy did put us on to, to someone um, at the said venue that did confirm us. Um, and that was a, a metal night somewhere. And yeah, they, they were real stoked about it and said they'll put in a good word in surrounding cities as well and, um, you know, make recommendations. They say you should go to this city and you should get in touch with this person. But so, yeah, it's all, you know, all possibilities, but just trying to actually get things to lock into place is really hard. Yeah, and that, you know, that that's just all the booking phase. And, and once we do actually get some venues confirmed, then it's a matter of actually going back to these bands we originally spoke to to see if they are still interested and, you know, is it feasible that they could actually do such a tour. And then if they can't, then you got to start looking at, you know, booking local, all local lineups, lineups which, which is cool. And then, you know, then it's getting to almost the time and hasn't even been promoted yet, you know, so big big project for sure yeah man it it sounds like you know how you mentioned before it may sound like a more professional but really i'm just winging it blah 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 well it is coming across as like super logical and of course what you're doing now is like to a logistic so the word logic really rings true to this situation like so awesome, no, definitely an interesting project and hopefully yeah we get some more updates from people soon too and the other thing like if you email someone and don't hear back what is the etiquette like? How long do you wait before you follow up with them, do you think? There's a whole lot of dominoes that need to line up for us. Um, accommodation on top of that, vans, promo, uh, getting the other bands on the bill, even things like PAs that might or might not be in venues, just backline. There's so much more that comes with it. So that yes or no from that person, like even if it is a no, is is as vital as a yes so you can move on. So you don't want to be in limbo. So, yeah. No, real good point. And yeah, it's also interesting that you mentioned, you know, like checking for PAs and sound guys and things. That's something else you want to be looking at when you're researching the venues as well, because especially USA, I think a lot of places don't provide PAs or any sort of backline or whatever. So, you know, that that might 
come into consideration you know when you are booking it so on your little spreadsheet keep notes of that as well and another interesting one was i found um, just to check the the capacity of the venues that you're looking into you know there's no no good you know seeing a a gig that behemoth have played a venue somewhere and you're like oh cool i'll hit up that venue but you know you're probably not as big as behemoth and one way to do it i found is on that reverb nation website if you search uh, such and such venue reverb nation capacity it normally comes up and it tells you you know it's 150 people you go sweet cool that's probably a good size venue for us or if it says a thousand you are probably not ideal so be real about it yeah no. and also um man without naming any names i've heard firsthand of big like what we'd consider as big death metal bands in the states pulling really shitty numbers at certain gigs on certain nights and stuff and that might not be a reflection of the band it's probably just that particular area on that particular night so mm-hmm. just because a band's gone through there it doesn't necessarily mean it's a success so you never know maybe we'd pull that same crappy crowd um there so which might even be okay for us but yeah it's just just because a band's played there or just because people put on shows and stuff, it doesn't mean it's like always the right thing to be doing. That's where I guess your contact with locals and stuff really pays off. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, that's the benefit of going through local promoters and things as well, rather than, you know, yeah, that would be our biggest um, challenge, I guess, you know, not being familiar with the area. So you just got to try and speak to people that would, would know the area as much as you can. Um, but at, yeah, at the same time, like I said, you can't just be sitting around waiting for people to reply your emails for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. So yeah, it's all, all a big learning curve, I think. And interesting, I wonder like, cause I think about Perth where we are, you never see any bands coming here that have just booked their own show. Not anymore. They, that used to happen a fair bit. There's only a couple of day. venues around that really take metal gigs now and there. There's not, you know, just you select few people that book them really, so... Think about when, just for instance, the New Dead, we're talking to bands from over east, yeah, like Aeon of Horace from Canberra and Hadelmore from Melbourne were asking about what it's like to play in Perth and they're already aware of the cost of flights being more and how difficult it is to get over there for bigger acts, so they're kind of wary anyway, but they're trying to make firm contacts with us, what night's good, what venue's good. Yeah. If we were to do it, how would our approach be? And it's just the same research that we're doing now, except it's just easier face-to-face chatting and getting the lowdown because man imagine if a band did book or we see it with certain gigs that promoters put on from over east and they book venues that aren't appropriate for that band whether they be too big a band for that venue or too um literally too big to fit on that stage or something like that and we hear about it and go like what do you mean that band's (laughs) playing on this night at that venue that's a weird choice and then and we're just we're just local musos and, and we find out that the show went shit or we're there and there's fuck all people there and you're like yeah well that was always going to happen it's not mm. it's not to do with the band necessarily yeah it's those factors that only locals know about so yeah you're more hands-on guys who book shows yeah and really know their areas and know the venues are the ones that go better for sure man very good significant discussion i think it's just you know interesting for even punters just to be aware of the the difficulties in actually booking tours to different parts of the globe you know you can't just message your favorite band and say come to 
Kenya and play a gig. You know, it, it's a bit of a big project to do, and mm. yeah, so we're going through it at the moment, and trying to do our best to to get everywhere we can. And you know, hopefully it'll pay off with hard work, but it's not always doable. So we'll see what happens. And I think this could be a little segment we can come back to every few episodes. Yeah, for, for certain uh, updates of tour possibilities in the USA. Something that's interesting is there's that wave we talked about buy-ons and um, buy-ins and all that kind of crap. A few months ago and we've mentioned it with a few of our guests on the podcast before it's a pretty big thing it's happening and a lot of perth band well, a lot of australian bands but a lot of perth bands have been taking opportunities overseas in various countries some weird ones uh, weird like um shows in india that you just wouldn't expect mm. um or like a one-off show in la or something and you know these guys are as it turns out something recently happened and yada 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 a band that took um, some some dubious sounding shows overseas ended up getting ripped off quite a bit of money and have kind of like broken the broken the silence about that just to a small degree mm. and saying I hope that other bands learn from where we sort of maybe made mistakes and that's why this level why this level of planning is going into this because you know we don't want to fly our whole band fly all the way to the states and. And then, and then just like absolutely blow a shitload of money for it not to be worth it. Like rather than just saying, yeah, so we played here or mm. we did this show or we did this because that's just a surefire way to not be a band anymore because you can't afford to just make those flippant decisions. And, you know, like we, we heavily considered when we got offered our UK Alstorm tour, is this worthwhile for us? And of course we wanted to jump on it. We would have probably just done it anyway, but at all those points in time, you really think and go, okay, does this make sense for us as a band to do? If it, if it means taking a hit financially, then, you know, maybe that's still totally worth it. Anyway, just be smart. Is it the right time for your band? Question to ask yourselves. If you have any tips for booking an independent tour for your band, head to www.climbthethrone.net. Hover your mouse over the right side and leave a message on the speak pipe. We'll play it next week and we'll chat about it. So, uh, Cabba, your Sedge has seen its final thoughts or what? Final thoughts? Happy with that? Yeah, man, all over. Um, Climbing the Thorn, album of the week. Is that doable? Ooh. What have you been listening to, Cabba? Um, several things this week, um, but one particularly interesting one that I've been enjoying is from a band who've just released their first album, and they're called Wolfheart. The album is called Winterborn, um, and it is the guy who, I can't remember his name, but he was from the band Before the Dawn, um, that were pretty awesome. I think they had a couple of albums, or at least one, um, from, hmm, Sweden, maybe? Somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm digging it quite a lot. It's not, you know, nothing like super fast or crazy, but it's sort of just mid-paced type melodic death black type stuff. I really dig the vocals and a few really cool riffs, nice guitar tone, cool dark vibe. Would recommend. Don't particularly like the band name. Neither do I. When you said that, I'm thinking Wolfheart, Wolfheart, and I was actually getting confused with Hate Forest. <laughs> no, I'll check that out. I've been thirsting for new music since, you know, when you get hold. So we talked about the Agalock album last week. When I hear something like that, that really like puts me in my place and, um, and reminds me why I enjoy music again, it makes me hunt for new records by bands, especially if I haven't heard the bands before. So that's cool. I'll definitely check that out. 
Um, they're actually from Finland. I've just realised they're from Finland. Cool. Yeah, because I know his name looks really Finnish. I can't remember what it is. Oh, hurry up and finish. <laughs> What's on your uh, your player, Largy? Um, player for me is an oldie, but a decenty. So for one reason or another, oh, that's right. Did you like the Nirvana snippets in the podcast last week? Oh, couldn't be better. Moderate rock. Um, I've been wanting to slip that into a podcast for the last, since we started pretty much, because you, you always describe things as moderately. Yeah. So, I do like that word. Yeah, you, you love it. So anyway. Um, moderately enjoy it. I had to, and the reason why is because it meant I had to like dig through and hunt down in utero. So while I was at it, I thought, what the hey. I'll give that a solid listen. So I've been smashing a bit of in utero to the point that I've actually been jamming some on the old electric drum kit, just getting back to the roots of my playing. I love that for an album of the week. A real good one. Yeah, thank you. But songs like... I might whip it out myself. Milk It is my favourite. Milk It is good. And I saw that band covering Milk It a few weeks ago, which yeah. probably also reminded me of that. But the song Very yeah. Ape is probably my favourite one. Wicked. Yeah. Real good. Good stuff. Do you, uh, have, a, do you have a tip of the week? Tip of the week. Lock the door so Jim doesn't come in. Oh, right, Jim, do you have a tip of the week? <laughs> do not drink and bake. <laughs> um, no, I haven't really thought about this too much. What's yours? In line with the theme of the show, really, the spiritual theme of today's show is mm-hmm. plan ahead. No matter what it is, yep. just goddamn plan it and do yeah, your cool. research. And that goes for absolutely anything to do with music. Yeah, just don't rush into anything unless it's something that requires just like total off-the-cuff creativity. And I'll tell you why over the next few months because, um, yeah, one thing about just starting this suffering rot recording process, um, one thing that's come out of it, the immediate problems we've had have been could have been avoided with planning ahead and it's really got me on the planning train for our next for our next recording venture, like I'm pretty much Cabo with an Excel spreadsheet at the moment, secretly at home, getting a recording plan together, even though we haven't finished a song. Good one. I like it very much. If you weren't listening earlier, July 4 at Bar 120, Claim the Throne Live, First Night of Distortion, and July 5th in Bunbury at the Elliott Street Bar. You know how yesterday I was super pissed at Fintroll? I'm aware. I have seen you guys play as Red Descending a few times, but maybe I haven't been this drunk and introspective about it. Um... It's cool to see musicians that you regularly play with from a third person point of view for once, like as a spectator, and Mm. also for Jesse not to be playing keyboards and just singing, and for you not having to be a front man and just singing and playing guitar and just being yourself and not always having to be on a mic. Like, it's really cool. And that was the best bit of that gig last night when those last two songs one because what is that song burnt to death Mm -hmm. because burnt to death is probably the best red descending song there is it's nice to be in a band with chaps like you guys oh pulling the heartstrings that's it i really got nothing to add to that but i was i know i know what you mean i always appreciate it i love watching entrails eradicated all the time Mm. you know seeing jim in in another environment and doing what he loves and yeah it's good yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Man, I had a wicked time, eh? I was just loving being on stage, actually. So, and yeah, like you say, it's fucking nice not having a, a microphone in front of you the whole entire time and having to be that, the front man. It's just, yeah, cool to take a step back and just enjoy it. It's good to but see. Enjoy it. Good to see Ian Binnett as well. And um, Oh, man, he rocks, eh? One of my, like, secret projects at the moment is a DIY um, speaker cabinet, like a small mm-hmm. one. And I was talking to Ian about it. And of course, 
yeah, yeah, I'm just building a cabinet at the moment myself. Like, you're shitting <laughs> of course me. Course he, like, he Yeah, he just beats me to the punch every single time. <laughs> and um, anyway, I'll go into that sort of shit further down the track. I've got quite a few sedges, not planned, but a lot of things to mention and talk about. So Plan ahead, Ash. Yeah, plan ahead. Anyway, what music are we going to go out to tonight? Man, I could go totally left field on you. <clears throat> and before I do that, if you're on the internet and you're interested in Claim the Throne, go to www.claimthethrone.com for the official website or claimthethrone.net for the podcast website where you can stream all the podcasts and read the blogs. Um, and you can also search Claim the Throne in your iPhone app. Leave us a review. That would be super sick. And subscribe while you're at it and tell your friends. Also, of course, find us on facebook.com slash claimthethrone, Twitter, ctt underscore au, Instagram, Claim the Throne, and email us at info at com or chuck us in Google, you dummies. And what we're going to do now is play a cover that Claim the Throne once did of the Strong Boys 19 song, Bang, 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 a brutal version. Is that okay? It is okay with me. I really hope I have that. Just get it off YouTube, eh? Did we put it on SoundCloud or something? We did, yeah. And YouTube, I think. Cool, man. <laughs> Catch you counts later. <laughs> yeah!